right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning so grateful that we can gather together and worship you. Lord, we just pray that as we study your scriptures here this morning, Lord, that you would just be in our presence. Lord, just reveal yourself to us. Lord, open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. And Lord, just be in the midst of us. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of our circumstances that we have brought forward in prayer requests. Lord, you know what each and every need is. Lord, you are more than capable and willing to take care of each and every need. Lord, I pray that through those circumstances, you draw each and every one of those individuals closer to you. Lord, that they may lean on you and turn to you for their deliverance. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me this morning, if, if you would, to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. I'll give you a few minutes to find Zephaniah. It's small, but it's good. But <clears throat> I think it's uh, there's an important message here this morning that we be reminded about. <clears throat> and find it. Right before Haggai. <laughs> Find it? All right. Uh, Zephaniah chapter 3. But I want us to be reminded this morning that God always has a remnant of his people. Until he returns, he will always have a remnant of his people. And his promises to his people from the beginning to the end are the same. From the beginning to the end are the same. He is going to take care of his people. He's promised to take care of his people no matter what's going on around about us. And we, are, we find ourselves right now in one of those times in our life where it's very discouraging if you pay attention to what's going on around about us. We can very easily get wrapped up in God's forgotten about his people. And he hasn't. And he never will. And this morning we're going to see an example and then of Judah is, is where the, the scene is taking place. But it doesn't really matter where it is. It doesn't really matter at all. Because it what, what matters is, is that God takes care of his, group, his people. And he's going to take care of us. And we can't get wrapped up by what the world's throwing at us and think that God has forgotten about us and that he's not going to provide and take care, take care of us. Now, does that mean that we won't feel sufferings? Does that mean that we won't be persecuted? Absolutely not. We're not promised that. But we can rest assured that if we are redeemed and saved and we're a member of his family of God, that we're going to be taken care of. Amen. And that we're going to be delivered, whether that's in the rapture or whether he takes us home. But, but we will see deliverance. And that deliverance will be perfect. So, Ze uh, Zephaniah chapter 3. Woe to her who is rebellious and polluted. Now, as we go through this, I want you to think about what, where we're living today. And it fits so, so, so well. We live in such a time that is just 
in turmoil. And the world we live in is so vulgar and immoral and hateful. And we know why, right? Because Satan is the ruler of this world. So, woe to her who is rebellious and polluted to the oppressing city. She has not obeyed his voice. She has not received correction. She has not trusted in the Lord. She has not drawn near to her God. Her princes in her midst are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave none, not, leave not a bone till morning. Her prophets are insolent, treacherous people. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The Lord is righteous in her midst. He will do no unrighteousness. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He never fails. But the unjust knows no shame. Now, does that feel familiar to you? Doesn't that just feel familiar? That, that our leaders are roaring lions? That, that, that uh, the judges are evening wolves? The priests have polluted the sanctuary? Does that not sound familiar? Verse 6, I have cut off nations. Their, fortress, their fortresses are devastated. I have made their streets desolate with none passing by. Their cities are destroyed. There is no one, no inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will receive instruction so that her dwelling would not be cut off despite everything for which I punished her. But they rose early and corrupted all their deeds. Everything in our world today is corrupted, right? Corrupted by sin. It's corrupted from the fall. And, the, and, and the, only, the only way to cleanse that is through salvation. Whether that be in, in, in a governmental body or that be in your personal life. The only way to cleanse from that sin and that corruption is through Jesus. And until, until the work has been done in the heart and people's eyes have been opened to see what's unclean about them, we will continue to experience what we're experiencing in our, in our nation and in our country today. The same thing applies in your home until, until you or whoever realizes what's wrong and that, that what's wrong is the fall and, and your sinful nature and you get redeemed, there's, there's not going to be any cleansing. There's not going to be any order. There's not going to be anything that, that is appealing and, and orderly and, and godly in your life. Period. Now what does he say to the remnant, to his people? He says in verse 8, he says, Therefore wait for me, says the Lord. Isn't it funny how patience just keeps coming up throughout the Bible? <laughs> patience. Isn't it hard to wait? I know it is. It's hard for me. I'm much weaker than you are. But he says, wait. No matter what the circumstances, no matter how rough it gets, he says, wait for me. And what are we over there doing? Come on, God. Where are you at? Help us. Patience. 
Therefore wait for me, says the Lord, until the day I rise up for plunder. What does he say somewhere else in the Bible? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Oh, but we're, we're all the while we're sitting around, I, I, I'm ready, I, I'll go do this, I'll go do that, I'll go kick this, I'll go beat that, I'll go, aren't we? We can't get a hold of, of weight and be patient. There's great blessing in patience. My determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of kingdoms, to pour on them my indignation, all my fierce anger, all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Listen, there's nothing you can do to anybody or anything or any entity that matches up to God's wrath. Oh, you can talk a good talk. Sounds good how fierce and, 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 and how bad a person you really are. But I'm telling you that there's nothing you or I can do that matches up to when God decides to do something. When God decides to place judgment on a nation or when God decides to place judgment on a people. We've got example after example after example of it throughout Scripture. Verse 9. For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve Him, look at there, with one accord. That's four weeks in a row and our message has been one accord, hasn't it? Think it's important? Amen. One accord. But when he restores, see when he when he when he lays his judgment out, or when he he produces his wrath, on the backside for his people are much greater blessings than when you and I try to do it. Amen. Much greater blessings, much greater reward. And he says there, I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my worshipers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. What's he saying there? He said, I'm going to gather them all up. I'm going to bring them all in. In that day, in verse 11, in that day you shall not be shamed for any of your deeds in which you transgress against me. For then I will take away from your midst those who rejoice your pride, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall do no unrighteousness and speak no lies, nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed their flocks and lie down, and no one shall make them afraid. Why? Because they wholly independent uh, and, and with their whole, whole, whatever they are, depend on him. Their complete focus is on serving God and being what he's called them to be. They don't have any aspirations of their self to get out and run things and be the boss and, and, and do this and, and do that and, and conquer for God. They're waiting on Him. They're waiting on His lead. I ask you this morning, are we, are we, are we really being led by the Holy Spirit? Are we? In our day-to-day -day lives, are, 
Are we letting him guide and direct us so that we can say we are being patient and waiting on him? It's important. It's so important. Verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord of Lords, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. There is coming a day when the peop God's people will not see disaster anymore. Amen. When the trumpet sounds and he returns, we will not see disaster anymore. And right now, what we are supposed to do is, is be patient. We're in that patient waiting mode. That doesn't mean we're not doing anything. There's lots to do. We're, we're supposed to be doing a lot of things, but the first thing we're supposed to be doing, the most important thing we should, we should be doing is being patient and being led by Him <laughs> to do those things that He would have us do. Amen. And it's so easy for us as individuals, for us as churches, to get out in front of God and make the wrong decisions. And, and I want you to understand this morning that we get ourselves in a wreck if we do that. Both individually and as a group. It's not a time to ball up in the fetal position and be scared at all. But it is the time to be ready standing as soldiers to go do the work that God's got for us to do. But we must, we absolutely must have hearing ears and seeing eyes of what he would have us to do. Because if we go out and try to do the things that we think need to be done, 99% of the time they're wrong. They're wrong. And he won't honor them. But if we wait on him and allow him to lead us and be what he's called us to be at this moment and be patient, he will bless it, he will reward it, and he will multiply it. Verse 15, let me back up to 15. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That's you. It's not just, it's not just Israel. That's his people. What he does for, what did for them, he'll do for, for us. What beauty there. The mighty one will save. He's going to continue saving until he returns. He will rejoice over you with gladness. If we are walking in the light that he's given us and we are being responsible to what he's called us to be and we're being, we are honoring him, he's going to rejoice over us with gladness. And there goes my bifocals. <laughs> he will quiet you with his love. Have you experienced that? I have. 
there's no, there's, there's no feeling of love like God's love, is it? This earthly feeling of love that we have doesn't even come close to when, to when we, we feel when God draws near to us with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And that's exciting, isn't it? That's exciting, isn't it? Does that not make you want to be faithful and, 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 and honor what he's called us to do and start being patient? Hard to be patient, isn't it? Why is it so hard to be patient? Because it's not in our old nature to be patient. Because the pride that, that, that we have, we, we think we know something. We think we've got the idea. We think we've got the answer. So therefore, we push patience back because we think we can, we know what we need. He will rejoice over you with singing. But look here. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly, who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time, I will deal with those who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. He's going to exalt his people. He's going to exalt you. If we are what he's called us to be and we are responsible and we bring him all of those things where he can rejoice over us, he can sing over us, he can shower us with his love, he's going to exalt us. Rise us up. At that time I will bring you back. In verse 20. Even at the time I gather you, for I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. Now I'm, I, I'm not saying he's going to put us on television and we're going to be a mega church. I, that's not what I'm... I don't want that. Unless he wants that. But what he's saying is, is that he's going to take care of us. Amen. He's going to protect us. He's going to provide for us. Do not fear. Do not, do not get wrapped up in, in the things that are going on around about us. Because if you do, you can get discouraged. And there's no reason to be discouraged. You question that, just go read the back of the book. We win. In a mighty way. But it is super important for God's church to understand what, where we're at, what we're supposed to be at this time and, and, and where we're at. And that is to be patient and be led by Him. That's both in, in our church life and in our personal life. It is ever more critical. I'll give you an Well, I can't give you an example because I'm on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry. But it's ever more critical that, that, that we be listening, we be in tune to what he's doing in each and every one of our personal lives so that as the members of this body, 
we're being what we're supposed to be for the members of this body. You can't be what you're supposed to be for the member of this body if you're not being what you're supposed to be in your personal life. Period. Period. There's absolutely no reason that, that this church or any church that's, that's a God-fearing, God-following church should be discouraged. Amen. And actually, everybody ought to be excited. Amen. Everybody ought to be excited. We see it right here. He, he's still bringing, bringing folks in. And he's going to bring, as long as, as we are what we're supposed to be, he's going to keep doing that. He's going to keep using us. He's not done with us. Until the trumpet sounds, it's not over. The work has just begun. I don't care if you're 8 or you're 80. There's a reason why you're sitting here. There's a reason why he hadn't taken you home. Patience. Patience. Just like they were experiencing here in this chapter with, with circumstances and, and things going on around I'm sure there were people in, that were discouraged. That were wondering what in the world, where is God at in this? Why hadn't he delivered us? We could find ourselves in that right here today. But I assure you, He's not asleep. He's not forgotten us. He's not going to leave us. He will do just as He's done for all of His people throughout the ages. Protect us, guide us, and direct us if we are where we're supposed to be. Amen. David, would you dismiss us? in us. Just uh, thank you now. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.